Exciting show for you guys with one of our best friends and uh, someone who was an integral part of our team for a decade as we were, you know, starting this. And um, he was the face, uh, in many ways, of Hawaii Music Supply and the ukulele site. But we are glad to have you back for the evening. So thanks for coming down and hanging with us, Aaron. Yeah, man, it's always good to be here. You guys are like, I mean, family, so it yeah. feels like I'm coming home. Hey, you all right? Yeah. Welcome home. Happy to have you. Take off your shoes. <laughs> yeah, take oh. out the trash <laughs> while you're out. Hey, man, I brought my own chair up here. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yes. So um, Aaron now has Hawaii Music School, and is it hawaiimusicschool.com? It's hawaiimusicschool.com, I think. Yeah, I'm... I'm certain it's hawaiimusicschool.com. Oh, we got stands breaking over Is here. Is that me? No, the, the Paul Hook Trainer just committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here oh, is. it was it was the clip-on tuner that yep. decided to Corey jump. Corey pushed it, I saw it. I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, Corey's always pushing things we'll, over. We'll take a look at the, the cameras after. <laughs> Find out who did it, instant replay. <laughs> but yeah, man, um... HawaiiMusicSchool.com, and we're kind of lucky to get that that name. I actually got Hawaii Music School from Andrew because he had it on a sign, and uh, I just didn't want to pay for another sign. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we you know we started that lessons program with Todd Adamski, and um, at the time, Aaron was a great player and was really reluctant to teach. I mean. You know, I say great player, but you've always approached things in a really humble way that you would never say that about yourself. But, you know, um, you were definitely by far good enough to teach students how to play. And I don't know, what was it that kind of, he had to really, like, he almost had to schedule a lesson, right? And like, then, you guys tricked me. You guys, because remember, like, Todd had said something like, he's like, oh, we're going to have you teach the ukulele. And I'm like, dude, I don't even play the ukulele. And he was like, yeah, you do. You play it really well. And I was like, oh, at the time, I was like, I don't play it right now. Yeah. I've played it for many years. Yeah, but, I, I uh, just it wasn't it wasn't my main instrument at the time. And uh, Todd had Todd had told me that he was going to have me teach, and I thought he was joking, so I kind of laughed it off. But then I come in one day, and Todd comes up to me. He's like, "Hey, your student is here, bro." And I was like, "I was like, yeah, whatever, Todd." He goes, "No, no, for real, bro." I'm like, Todd, I don't even own an ukulele. And he grabs one off of the wall. And he's like, <laughs> now you do. <laughs> he's like, go. So I, I went, and I, I taught this kid a lesson. I come back, and I'm like, I was like, yeah, well, that didn't go as bad as I thought. And he goes, well, good, because there's another one right here. And I told Andrew, I was like, you knew about this? And he's like, <laughs> and I, I mean, like, we, we knew we just had to throw you in the water because we knew you could do it, right? Oh, it's not man. like we would schedule those things and um you know people are paying money for lessons so um i'm glad that we did though because you got a real knack for it and you know um we have a, a regular customer dan who's got a son xavier that you know took some like little mini lessons at the store there in town right Corey? yeah yeah and, and uh, uh shout out to them if they're watching dan and xavier dan yeah. and Zave. <laughs> 
Um, but I, I mentioned it because Dan was telling me that how once Savior found you and took some lessons, it just like things started clicking and he, you know, so you definitely have an approach that um, inspires people. So I'm, I'm glad that you're still doing it. I really think a lot of that is like Todd Adamski, though. You know, I mean, you guys remember, man. He always had like a really different way of looking at things. You know, it was kind of like he didn't see the instrument or music in the same way as the rest of us. I remember him telling me, like, I mean, he had a philosophy for everything. He, he was told, just a genius in himself. Dude, the guy told me one time that I ate pizza wrong. Because <laughs> you know, he was like, he goes, which part do you taste the pizza with? I said, well, my tongue. He goes, and what's the best part of the pizza? I said, well, the cheese. And he goes, yeah, so turn them upside down. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a philosophy for everything, and his approach to music was very, um, very calculated. It's like he thought about everything he did, and it forced me to think about everything that I was teaching. Because he would ask the question, and I was like, "Yeah, but prior to that, you already had like a, a background in music theory, and yeah, but not not on the level that like you know on paper. It was like an on paper thing because I mean I went to school for music and stuff like that, and then I dropped out after like two semesters. But um, other than that, it was you know pretty much the lessons were all from Todd, like just the stuff that he would tell me, and. He told me, he was like, you already know all this stuff, so I'm just going to show you how to teach it. And so that kind of is the way I started getting, you know, to be a teacher. You were one of my first teachers. <laughs> yeah, but like, like Zave, like Zave, you are, you, you were just a natural talent. I gave this guy an Ingve Malmsteen CD. And like, rising Force. Rising Force. Because Corey was playing Metallica. He was playing like all this Metallica stuff and he would come over. You gave me the, the Metallica CD too, Master of Puppets, yeah, Master right? of Puppets. Yeah. yeah. And how old were you guys at this time? I was like... Four. Freshman in high school. Yeah, yeah you were like... When 14, I really started. 13 or 14. Yeah. yeah. Some good times. And you guys were neighbors. Yep. Yep. He lived like... My apartment was here and his was literally like... Like right if I looked there. out my... My bedroom window, I'm like, hey. Yep. Like you could hear uh, Corey yelling. I mean, oh, oh no, you Corey's can hear me getting yelled yelling at. at. <laughs> <laughs> I could hear, I could hear Uncle, Sean, uh, Uncle Sean terrorizing Corey. <laughs> and it was it was just stuff like, hey, boy, turn that down. <laughs> or play it right. Oh, remember that time? Oh, man. So he's he's learning how to play Crazy Train. <laughs> His dad oh, yeah. comes in. Was... He's like, boy, you butchering that Aussie lick what the hell are you doing? He shows him how to play it and he like plays it note for note like just one time. He goes like that. Do it right. And he hands him back he, the guitar. He, he plays it. I'm like, what? <laughs> Can you do it again? Like this. Turn off the amp. Yeah, he, he hands <laughs> him back the guitar. So he, he walks out and Corey starts practicing it but he turns the amp off and his dad comes back in and he's like, bro, what I told you? Turn that down. That stuff is too loud. And then he, like, slams the door. And, like, Corey's like, it's not even on. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was. I was playing it on the computer because I was playing it with the song. Yeah. Like, I played it, and then the speakers were were loud, I guess. Did he tell you that it was still wrong when the song was playing? Oh. 
Amongst other things, yes. What do you think that was like the fire that you had to go through to get this good? Um, that was the fire that I avoided. <laughs> he, he he did. He avoided them like the plague. But like I mean, it it was one of those things where the apple didn't far fall from the tree, man. I don't know if anybody out there knows, but like Corey's dad is like one of the most phenomenal musicians I've ever met in my life, and Corey has like you know become the same level as his dad now and so it's i don't know i think i think it takes a level of craziness to to, (laughs) i don't think i'm there yet but 18 hours a day sitting in a room playing oh yeah and you got you had to endure that torture also from but then it wasn't in the same house you were just like oh what do you mean we could hear you we could hear you yeah yeah they could hear me Mm. practicing every day for eight hours no, I could always tell Aaron was really proud of you just for being, you know, that protege that actually could shred some of those licks that are so hard. It was mind-blowing. Like, okay, so when he started playing, he, I gave him the Ingve CD, and it was like in, in a month he could play like one of the licks from one of the songs. And then in like, um, I think it was like another month, he could kind of do the fast part, but he would do it slow. And a month after that, he could play the whole CD, note for note, in time. And I was just like, what the hell happened? Like, No, my dad, he showed me. That was the first time I've ever... Um, he didn't He didn't know the name of it. It was the harmonic, harmonic minor, minor scale. The Ingve scale. And uh, after he taught me that, I was like, wait, that's in every single song. <laughs> and it's just regurgitated. And no, nothing... I'm not saying anything bad about Ingve Malmsteen. That was... Um, one of the reasons why I was playing, you know, shred neoclassical music. And through that is how I, I guess I got better. I mean, I don't, I don't think I can play that anymore. With time, you, you, you can be as tasteful as you want, you know, but when you're young and you got all that energy, it's like, uh, I want to play every note in the world. Yeah. 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 (laughs) It was like. Blitzkrieg just in fact that was the name of one of the songs yeah that's one of my favorite songs dude but yeah Corey could Corey could play at light speed with like no mistakes in there and it was just like it was mind blowing and I I told him I was like how'd you get that good he goes well if I make a mistake my dad's gonna kill me (laughs) I'll see he's gonna make me turn off my amp it's funny like um what um Feng Feng Yi's dad uh it's like you know, there's some sort of bribery in there, but that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's got to be a carrot or a stick, you know, something to kind of get you going. It's yep. definitely the stick. <laughs> you can tie the carrot to the end of the stick, or you can just use the stick. You just get hit by the stick. That's what it was. It was definitely the stick, not the carrot. But it was through through you that I met, uh, that you brought around Corey. But I remember meeting you. This must have been 15 years or more. Uh, Jeez, it was longer than that, man. It was almost 20 years ago. Well, no, I, don't, I don't remember when we exactly first met, but I do remember you coming to the shop. So first we had the the shop when it was upstairs from Koalau. Yeah. Were you there when it was still Koalau on the bottom level? Yeah. Okay. And then, I, but I remember it was after that when um, Koalau moved to Wahiwa and we took over the whole warehouse where they were there in Kaneohe. So Aaron would come by and... I, you know, he had already sold a couple guitars, 
like without ever being on the books by just hanging out and his enthusiasm for gear was just like electric i mean it's it's infectious it's like people would come in and after a few guitars i'm like maybe you should get paid for this <laughs> well he he had this shop and they had the best stuff on the island and it was like this hole in the wall that it, you almost felt special like not you knew about it you know like oh i know where this place is and because everybody knew island guitars everybody knew dan's and all these other places but your your store was actually oh there's something to say about the hole in the wall that people stumble upon you know like once they found that place most people left with something because oh yeah because they drove all the way to to kanayoi from wherever they were from yeah and i mean you know we of course gave good prices but we still give good prices and stuff. since i was 15 all of my instruments came from you way before i worked for you (laughs) yeah awesome (laughs) the first guitar was from that shop in kanayoi well, his his whole thing was like the the reason that I really like vibe with Andrew was because he was the one that sold me a guitar on like you know I can make payments. <laughs> I was like, what? Oh, yeah. Okay. I wanted to see you get what you what you wanted to, and and then you custom ordered a G and L, right? Yeah. Well, that's always been your your thing though. Like you've always kind of wanted to serve your customer, and that's why you're the best at what you do. Because, I mean, I think in a large part it's just your heart to be like that kind of guy you know to help people out you love seeing people get what they want and i think i, I think a lot of us kind of vibed on that and when we when we started working here in Waihua, that became the the theme especially with todd because todd was such a great people person and he was like Waihua's favorite son so everybody knew todd they all came in the store and you know he was extremely sure. talented and he pulled the most tone out of an instrument you could you know he got that wet funk out of an electric guitar he got that fullness out of a steel string and um you know it's like he he was a a big part of my my inspiration and um you know that that's kind of of you to say i don't feel entirely unique i feel like what makes us unique is what we are as a whole over here you know the the group that we have and um for years you ran the or managed the, the store up there in holly eva as well and you know helped us get going with that and i feel very thankful when i think back on you know the memories we have like i think that first gnl you bought for me was also the one that you um fell over on during <laughs> at one at my birthday party yeah, yeah i yeah. still got the scar from it busted me in the face <laughs> Oh, we were jamming. It, did it hit your head? Was so it? what? Yeah. Like, Aj was on drums, and, and I jumped <coughs> on, and I was playing bass, and it was just like the almost the beginning of the first song, too, maybe halfway through. And what had you you just drank a ton that night, well, huh? Okay, so Jen's brother was working the bar. and uh, Oh, yeah, Alan was. Alan, Alan was working the bar. And so he's. I tell him, I'm like, make me a Texas tea. He's like, well, what the hell's in that? So, like, I tell him what's in it, right? And so... He just like pours all this stuff in there, and Texas tea. You're supposed to do it like a shot, even though it's a big drink, you know. So, and but I'm a big dude, you know. I probably should have eaten before this, but you know, no regrets. <laughs> that was the first time I met Tavana too. So like, actually talked to him, and I was talking with. Blah, 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 blah. 
Oh, that's hilarious. So, so, yeah, Vonster's watching this too. He'd probably be like, oh, I remember <laughs> that dumbass. But like, so I'm, I'm like shooting these things back. Oh, and then and it's like, I don't know how many. I must have had like eight of these things. And each of them has like like seven or eight shots in them. And it's just, it's straight up alcohol. Like and it Long was, Island. It, yeah, it's just, it was just in the the kind, within an hour because we weren't even really Dude. starting the party. Yeah, it's <laughs> aggressive. And... So all I remember is I'm standing there, and Todd is standing next to me, and he looks at me. He goes, "Oh, brother, you don't look so good." And the next thing you know, I'm looking at the sky, and I realize I'm on my back. And it was just like, <laughs> and then Todd goes, "Todd goes, <clears throat> you're bleeding." <laughs> oh crap! Get up. Like, it's all good. It's all good. I remember the first thing you were concerned about was the guitar. Yeah. Like, oh no. <laughs> That's like, a musician oh, right there. Well, Dude, I didn't even wash the blood off of that thing for like years. <laughs> well, for what it's worth, I've never, I've never seen you do that other than that one, one time. But uh, you know, I, think I, I was fighting say, with I, my wife or something, but she wasn't my wife at the time. If you think about it, like nowadays, if that happened in this day and age, there would have been three cell phones capturing. Oh man, hilarious! Dude, I okay. So looking back on, on like. All the stupid stuff we've done. Don't you wish that somebody would have had a cell phone? Oh, yeah. Oh, hell yeah. I was thinking about it, and I was like, part of the... There is something to be said, though, for it, the embellishment that memory provides. If you had it on camera, some of those little details that kind yeah. of developed themselves over the years that probably would have been that one pretty yeah. much happened like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Was, and then there's the ones where it's like <laughs> verbatim. You don't even need to touch it. Well, I mean, I was, I was so drunk that, like, literally, I, I just saw... The world go like this. <laughs> <laughs> like it just it was like a screen that just yeah. rotated. You didn't move the, the whole yeah, world. Yeah, the whole world moved. The world rotated around me. The world rotated around me and I was flat on my back and I was like, and then Todd's like, dude, you're bleeding. I was like, is my guitar okay? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, never mind the guitar. He's like trying to pick me up. And Andrew comes over and he's like, they kept playing yeah yeah we we were just like don't stop the groove Aaron's on his back but yeah I think I was still playing (laughs) I don't know if you were just gonna go down there for a little shred session on your back so I was doing the uh, what is it Uh, Angus Young used to do that thing oh and you crawl around and you crawl around but there was no crawling there was no rock and roll (laughs) dude I think about. I was thinking about the other day though, coming up the stairs. How many times we've had an instrument in our hands and we trip or something? Instinctually, it's like holding a baby. The instrument is fine, but we've all gotten jacked up, dude. You just like make a shell around it. It's like the instrument's fine, but was it was it me or was it somebody else that had that kamaka back at the the Wahiwa store on the the top and like fell off of a chair? It was a kind. It was me, right? Like trying to hang it, I'm like standing on a chair that's not. And, okay, if you look like me, don't <laughs> ever stand on a chair. Don't blame it. Never. That chair was structurally. <laughs> just, yeah. it, it, uh, that chair was bound to. Break Dude, it was not meant for anybody over two fifty to stand on, and I, I, I was at the time I was like pushing it. Now I'm way over that, but like at that time it was like not happening. And, and it, it fell off and it hit like. It like bounced else. off like four. Like plinko. <laughs> yeah. like, and I look back, oh. and Andrew just has this look on his face, like, and I, I still remember exactly what it you happens. said. You were like, "I'm going home." 
<laughs> oh, really? <laughs> and you took the phone with you. <laughs> so like, oh, yeah, I'll do that sometimes. For today, I was thinking, like, um, in terms of, of lessons and things that you can show people, you know, I, I try to think of, like, I mean, it, the the discussions are, are a lot of fun and stuff, too, mm-hmm. but I like to throw in some oh, things absolutely. that, that you know, people can take away. Well, here, let's let's look at something that uh, Todd taught me. Perfect, so, yeah. Um, these two strings are tuned to a fourth, and these two are a third, and these two are a fourth. So, well, I've got a low G here, but um, looking at that, that means that these two strings are going to have parallel lines and Todd always looked at things in pictures I don't know if you remember that like he always it was always a picture for something so if this is my root note that's the one right underneath the one is going to be a four because it's a tune to a fourth right so one four two five three six and Todd always called the four seven the crooked so where three is four is right next to it and it looks crooked so we have one, four, two, five, three, six, four, seven. And then now it goes backwards, right? Because that's one and five. So you got one, five, two, six, three, seven, and then seven is next to one and three is next to four. Wow. So you just blew my mind. So he would always say one, two, three, crooked, one, two, three, cluster. So if you're looking at the scale, if you're ever lost and you don't know where you're at, wherever the one is, you can go and have that picture. From two, from three, four, five, six, seven, and you're back at one. And so you never get lost and you can find anything on there. And if you take it to these strings, like say if we're here and you know this is a say that's a five, right? So whatever this is, my five chord, right? So in this case this would be what G sharp. So five chord, I have that shape. It's a minor, right, for six, and seven is diminished, and then one is major. So as long as you know the shape that goes to the root note, you can play everything on the neck. And Todd taught me that in like five minutes, and I was like, what the hell? But if you if you can't follow that... Uh, oh, that's a lot to unravel. No, but if you put you that put on a, a video lot. and you watch it a few times... like Oh, yeah. That's... Like, well, you can watch this back and just yeah. look at it, see wherever this is. And it's all over the fretboard. So he showed it in the F, you know, in the key of F, right? Or at it was at on first, the guitar. The first, so no, but the the first. Yeah, it showed it in F, right? That's so one thing so really it's, like it's interesting though that the correlation, you know, both being fourth with the uh, say G and C if you're in mm-hmm. regular tuning, and the E and the A. Yeah. It's just those two middle strings that yeah. have the different. And so the only difference, say this is my one, right? Say C is one. All we're going to do is make it crooked. So, right? And then the four, so we got one, two, three. We're going to make it more crooked. One, two, three, cluster. 
and so it's the same thing. So it's just offset by one fret because uh, yeah, three and four is one fret. If away. you look at it in intervals, right? It's... Yeah, exactly. And that's and he said that without saying Anything intervals. Really technical, yeah, right? he just he would he was very good at speaking anybody's language. And he and, he used to put a lot of things into perspective. Right. And he's like, "Oh, do you know what you're doing there?" I'm like, "I don't know what I'm doing anywhere." <laughs> but he's like, "You know, well, anyways, this is this and this is that." I'm like, "Holy crap." Do you Just remember, from in three seconds. Do you remember when he used to like, like write all that stuff and make you play it because he couldn't play it fast <laughs> enough? But he was like, "Ah, go make Corey play it." <laughs> but then I didn't know how to read any of it, so he'd just be like, "Play this." Yeah, he would but show Corey, like, and he would, but play it way faster. <laughs> I'm gonna put my brain in your body. I remember that one time with um with Gilbert. Remember when Gilbert used to teach? Yeah. Oh man, Gilbert is. Oh, he's such a beast. Amazing, amazing jazz guitar player. So unreal. And he's sitting there and he's playing this uh, Peter Bernstein tune. And Corey is like sitting down, me and Todd are behind the desk. And this is this is what would happen. Like Andrew shouldn't be hearing this now because like we're like wasting his money by like standing around doing nothing. But me and Todd were watching Corey watch Gilbert. <laughs> we're standing behind there and, and Corey is like watching Gilbert. He's kind of sitting at that computer because remember you were doing like editing or something for us. I forget what it was. Oh, that was probably the very first. First website. Yeah. Website, yeah. He was like doing the website and he's like watching Gilbert and Gilbert is playing something and he hangs the guitar back on because he has a lesson. So he goes goes to his lesson and Todd goes, watch him, watch him. Corey goes over, picks up the same guitar, plugs into the same app, starts playing and he's playing exactly what Gilbert was playing. And Gilbert like walked back in and Corey didn't notice and Gilbert goes, oh, he knows... Peter Bernstein stuff? And Todd goes, no, he was listening to you play. And Gilbert goes, bullshit, nobody can learn that like that. And then he goes, oh, he got my mistake. <laughs> he played my mistake. I was like, yep, there you go, see? That's when I was... Uh, the record. I don't know anything about jazz. And I knew Gilbert was this monstrous jazz guitarist, right? So I would try to copy all the things he did. Dude, that's crazy, though. How do you that, that's like, like, hear it and just play it back? No, that's like yeah. Someone if someone was trying to trick you, they'd throw something in there. But he <laughs> played the mistake. You yeah, just Todd would. That's why Todd was it. like, he's he's a recorder, bro. I go, what you mean? He goes, he can hear something, and then he can rewind them and slow them down in his brain. And I was like, huh? And I watched. Now, I don't know if I can that. rewind it. He I can, just or he can loop it. Know. He can it's definitely loop it. Interesting though, how like. Um, with people's natural talents, sometimes they don't try as hard with, like, you know, the understanding, the way Corey stole to the stage, yeah. like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. It's... Well, <laughs> uh, you do, though, because yeah. you said you used to, like, even with, like, you were watching those Malmsteen, like, VHSs, right? Yeah. And you basically, the, your way of learning was to watch it. He's not playing, he's not slowing it down, even when he says he is. He's yeah. playing it in bass <laughs> speed. So you just watch it, and you'd have to rewatch it and rewatch it. So you were still, like, training yourself to just kind of like take it in and then execute it oh yeah so you know like i know you're modest about but it but you put a lot of time in it, that at that time it was i didn't have any background so i was like literally trying to copy everything you did and it, it did um maybe that played a part in why i could just copy things because it's how i learned <laughs> well I, I remember for a long time <clears throat> cory was cory used to tell me all the time that he felt like insecure about like his own playing because he he felt like he 
was always just copying somebody else. He didn't know what he sounded like. And then I remember like trying to like come up with an answer for him because I wanted to be able to help. But like, remember what Todd told you? He's like, bro, take some of this, some of this, some of this, smash them together. That's Corey because only you can play all that. (laughs) (laughs) And it just became his thing. And I think the Tommy Emanuel CD might have helped too. Oh, yeah. That DVD was on loop forever in the store. (laughs) Well, remember, I gave you the CD like years before that. Yeah. And then we had the, we were selling the DVD at the, at this shop. You used to just sit there on our time and just. <laughs> no, I didn't. Like, I didn't watch that. Dude, we all did that. Come on. Let's not. You lie. know, I think, I swear everybody in this organization has more fun than me, but, you know, I love you guys anyway. Oh, come and, on. You know, you know, you know, you had some fun too. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> I really loved it when we had the drums and everything, you know. Oh, yeah. oh, I, I wasn't on the <laughs> clock, but whenever I started working there, when we had the same store. Partially because I just had to get in there crazy early to try and get everything done before Zach started helping out and everything. It was just me, and I was stressed out. But after the first few months, I would go at like 5.30 in the morning, and I'd walk in there, and I'd, I'd go back behind the kid, or I'd plug into one of the orange amps. Mm. I'd just make a ton of noise for 30 minutes and then yeah, to work. But so it was fun. Do you fun. guys remember when we used to get like so stressed out working and, and, and stuff like afterwards we just had like epic jams? Oh, yeah. Like, on all Andrew's new stuff and that we're trying to sell. Epic. Got to change the heads on that again. Couldn't say nothing though because the boss was there. So he was like sitting oh, there was, playing the bass. I was so. enjoying it too. But, you so, know. Hey, plug it in and let's, let's, let's have at it. I mean, you only live once. It's like if, if we're surviving, it's all good. We try to have some fun. Man. Man, if you're selling candy, you gotta have sweets once in a while. Well, you know what though, we had some, we've had some epic players as like, you know, employees at the store. I mean, like Corey, Todd, Odd. Somebody Jakey's, called me today Mike and Love. asked if Mike Love would play their birthday party. I'm like, <laughs> dude, <laughs> you think he's playing festivals? He's man. busy. <laughs> I mean, sorry, so he's busy. Try to hit him up. I don't know. You know. I, I I called Mike the other day to like help me. Um, Help me do my. I was trying to figure out how to use my looper, and and be able to separate the guitar and the. the vocal. I couldn't for the life of me figure this out, and so Mike like, he calls me back and he walks me through step by step. He must have been on the phone with me for like an hour trying to explain it. Like, he's just such a gracious person. Uh, Mike is, yeah. dude. Mike it's is in awesome. his name. Dude. He is straight from the heart. Exactly, isn't the name fits him? Mike Love. So he'd go out of his way to drive me home when my cart was broken just to drop me off i was like yeah he's just nice <laughs> he is love and a, a, one hell of a musician man i mean like oh, yeah. this guy's played some solos that like just like kept me up for days like dude. i don't and know what's told... amazing is the growth that we even yes. saw within our you know within that that period and i i knew mike from like over 20 years ago and just to see even vocally like because oh, yeah. he would constantly work on stuff, you know, and it's a testament to like getting there. Like when I first met him, he was, you know, playing everything from Hendrix to Bob Marley stuff and, you know, starting to write songs. But in terms of songwriting, in terms of vocal ability, in terms of like guitar ability, versatility, and the effects with him is a whole nother level. Oh, like he goes Dude. further than almost anybody you'll find in anywhere in music. There's like two layers of his, yep. you know, his, his effects pedals. 
and it's like all the pedals are hooked up to other pedals and he's had you know these custom uh pedal makers make him the proper switches to be able to do all the things that he wants to do with his vocals and or guitar. even his rack like yeah. he had to basically custom design that just to work with the mad scientist layout he and had it, it evolves you know it just continues to evolve as time has gone on i remember looking at it uh, at one of his gigs and I was like, what is going on here? And he's like, oh, yeah, this is just that, that, and that. And I was like, you just... Don't say just. Don't say yeah. just that. And I was like, you, you just, you're speaking Chinese to me right now. But all that no stuff is why once he gets going, it's like you feel like you're on drugs or something. And it's like super like anybody, psychedelic. Anybody so. that like, because I remember there was a while ago we had um, we had somebody, like it was a... Um, one of those guys say something about him on like a YouTube video or something. They had said something. Somebody had said something about Mike not being talented because he's got all these effects. I can't even do that stuff with my hands. Yeah. <laughs> like, like how would you? And he's doing that with his feet while he's playing the guitar while he's singing. Yeah, you singing, do that. You tell yeah. me he's not talented. And then sing on top man. of it like he does. No, I he don't... can. He can just pick up a guitar though. I yeah. Mean, he, he doesn't yeah. need all the effects. Like his songs can be broken down to their raw form and their great oh. songs. Mike, all that stuff is just icing on the cake, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of icing. I've I've probably working with Mike in in Hollywood. You know what? That to me was like probably my favorite times was Fridays. Yeah, it was my yeah. work on Friday, and about an hour before his gig, like you know, like I'd stay late on Fridays so I could listen to Mike warm up, and so <laughs> he would sit there and he'd play through his set with just an acoustic guitar, and I think I got pro- some of the best shows ever with just mic and a guitar none of none of the effects and stuff like that but then you go see him live and he's got all that stuff it's like he's it's like it doesn't take away anything it adds to it he, he just gets better and better. the guy's like just the most incredible he's probably Hawaii's best kept secret I think he's so, getting out he's not much of a secret yeah, anymore but. everybody knows him now like, dude yeah it's insane everybody plays like a barefoot buttons because of it yeah. yeah just gets better with age it was kind of crazy when I started working here because I was dropped in from working for Mike, but, you know, there wasn't, none of us were any crazy players or anything, and I came working here. I was like, what the heck? I got to start practicing. No, but <laughs> like, you know what blew our minds, though, was your work ethic because we're a bunch of musicians that were just lazy <laughs> bastards and joking. <laughs> John was calling me a robot because I wouldn't take a lunch break. Dude, like, he, would just, work. he would just work the whole time. It was like... Once we in a while, to... there's like somebody that comes in and just sets a new precedent. Like, oh, I didn't know that was uh, that ethic was so still that's around. How Noah was, oh, right? this dude! Noah. <laughs> Remember, Remember when Noah? he cleaned the back? <laughs> he was he was so pissed at Andrew because he came in. Remember, like you told him to come do the um, do all the repairs that we didn't. We had like oh, what yeah. looked like like two months worth of repairs. He did all the repairs within like, like a, a couple week. of hours. And he walks into the back room. He's like, what is this crap? And he just starts cleaning up. And he, like, just cleaned that whole back area. And then he's, like, leaving. He's like, tell Andrew I'll tell him how much later. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. It's like, bro. I don't remember that. I like saying no every day because it does. It's like, oh, okay. That's work ethic. Dude, that guy's a Yeah, he would just come in. Yeah. Well, Billy Billy is really. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. But, like. Just having Joe come in, like, because the way we were, I mean, like, I don't think we even had a blueprint for what we were actually supposed to be doing, you know? No, you know, I don't know. It's like, it's different, this this organization. We've had to try to kind of 
you know, tighten up some things. But I, I never, I, you know, I was building with my brother and my dad and, and oh. then started taking instruments to the swap meet. And then it just turned into, okay, I'll get more of this, get more of that. Started, it was a real organic type of thing. And it wasn't some sort of like business, you know, uh, thing that I, I came to it with like a bank loan and a, and a whole plan. idea. Yeah, no, yeah. it just kind of turned into what it was. And, you know, I mean, I'm a bit of a <laughs> hippie type in a way. To, I don't want to say that. You're the hardest that. worker I know, though. Right, I mean, but, I but know. I mean, like, I'm very loose with, like, my, um, you know, people like Joel or John Gonzalez through the years have helped keep this business, like, uh, you know, tight. And I've, I've been able to kind of get better about organizational type things. Um, but, you know, I feel like... Um, I don't know a bit of an artist in my heart even though like i'm not as skilled as as you guys you know in a lot of ways anybody like, that that thinks that andrew is like being realistic right here hasn't heard george and the duck shaker oh, no 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 it's very realistic i'm <laughs> andrew i'm real Andrew's about what i am but beast yeah. on the no, base no, no. like he you know he i don't i, I don't i don't i don't even want to ever you know have anybody say that it's just <laughs> no 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 no, no. <laughs> But, but I mean, if you want to if you want to say good things about me, I care about my customers like a lot. You know, that's probably my most essential skill in life. Well, that I, was yeah. I mean, working here, that was like obvious right from the get go too. Like, I, gotta take care of the customers. This the, any of this, it's yeah, it's a recipe of everybody. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. You can't pinpoint any one thing, but I was just for me coming into it, it was kind of like it was a new experience, but it was awesome too. And pretty inspiring to be around everybody. Corey gave me my first guitar lesson, and it was a Tommy Emmanuel song, and I didn't know who Tommy Emmanuel was. <laughs> and Corey was teaching me how he was taught, and I did not um, pick up anything at all. Yeah, it with normal. the same success. Well, you know what? I get that a lot too. People say the same thing about me because I don't do taps, but I didn't. No, but learn with the taps. way you the I way you teach is that, like it's so. it's just a lot better. You explain yeah. things. I picked up stuff totally. from you talking to customers in the store. Like I would overhear you, but you would distill it enough that I was like, oh, oh, that's it. Oh, okay. But I still get the thing. You know, I still get, um, in fact, the other day I had like an email come from somebody that's on my website that, you know, she was saying like, well, you know, I, I, I need tabs. And that's completely understandable because like some people grow up and that's the way they learn is they have to have something written down. But the way I teach is the way I learned. And I never learned with tabs. I never... I don't think I ever like read you did, tab. You wrote out you wrote out tabs at some point for me, you know, a number of times, and I know you can. I've, well, I mean, I can do it, but it's because I can read music, you know. But like to put it on and like the string and stuff like it, which makes more sense than actually, you know, music notation. It makes more sense because, I mean, I can play this note here or here. It's the same note, but like. You know, and few, very few people have an ear like Corey that they can actually hear the difference of whether it's the fifth fret or open, and so tabs are f very helpful for for people. But um, yeah, there's like three or four different places to oh, catch yeah. the same the note same on note. an so, fretted yeah. instrument. It's not like piano. Yeah. So with with that being said, I I, I completely understand why some people actually want to have tablature, but it's like for me it's i didn't learn that way so it, it would be kind of like even though i can do it it would be like 
you know, the guy that works on your car yeah. for the weekend that your neighbor trying to like charge mechanic prices. I, I wouldn't yeah. be able to be that guy, you know. I'm just not. I'm, I'm like, because I'm not gonna sit there and write out tabs. It's pretty I, tedious I, for me to do it. It's even longer because I don't think that way. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I don't think I ever play anything the same way twice anyway. So, it's like there's that too. Yeah, be like, oh, the way you showed it was different when you did it. You know, <laughs> that was like every single video com- like six years ago. Yeah, but you didn't play it like that. Like, well. People are so mean on the internet sometimes too. It's like, geez. Well, I can see where they're coming from. We're not charging for it. They want, well, they they want information, and you know, it's like, and because there's people out there that that do that. Like, I mean, YouTubers are making zillions of dollars. The guy PewDiePie makes like. Well, yeah, but that's not. I mean, not in any sort of business like what we do. Well, I'm not playing video games (laughs) or or showing toys or something. Dude, that kid that makes the toys or plays with the toys. Oh, uh, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan's toy (laughs) review. Why do I know that? Because my kids kids. watch that all the time. Right, and everybody's kids do. And that guy is. He has his own show on Nickelodeon. He has his own toys. That little boy is set for life. You know, hopefully he doesn't know. It doesn't get to them. But because there's so much quality stuff online for free now, people expect everything to be, like, you know, they expect you to meet their every demand and stuff like that, which is, you know, it's understandable because it's in other... Oh, I thought you were going to say unreasonable. No, it's... Oh, man, it's understandable. Because, like, think about it. We get conditioned so much to what we do every day. Yeah. So, I mean... Then you just expect it. You know, I mean, like, a decade ago when we, you know... When Jeeps and you hooked up and made a DVD, mm-hmm. it was like people would buy a DVD to learn. That was a very normal thing. And I mean, some people might still do that. I still got that DVD. So <laughs> it's like it's somewhere in the middle, like there was just, just so much information free right. online that it seems like for somebody like yourself, like you have a, I mean, it's still happening though i mean there's still you know people like you with hawaiimusicschool.com where you can go on and how, how do you is it like you get a little bit free and then you can become a member or well, how do you, you work you that go online and i have a it's it's two week free trial and so if you like it then you can say it's only 20 bucks a month so it's not a you know like if you take private lessons like i take i do lessons on skype and a half hour lesson is like 35 bucks and our lesson is like 60 bucks but on this website, you can go on there as much as you want. I mean, there I think we have over a hundred something videos on there now, and it's it's only twenty bucks a month, so you can get on there and do that stuff. And but again, like I'm not like some of these guys that put up tab and stuff like that. I, I teach in the way that I play, and I play the way I play because of the way I learned. It's like I remember, it's a very Hawaiian upbringing, you know. Was, um, I remember it was my uncle Mike. That taught me how to, you know, Uncle Mike, oh, step yeah. on your feet if you came outside without shoes on. Yeah. And so um, my Uncle Mike and my grandpa, and my grandpa used to always tell me, you know, the, the way to learn how to play is, you know, the three things, the Hawaiian golden rules, right? So, listen with your ears. Nanakamaka, watch with your eyes. And the most important one, pa'akava, shut your mouth. Mm. <laughs> it sounds like your dad. So. Oh yeah, I mean that that those three things are deep rooted in my 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 dad too. Oh yeah, learned. and that's the way I I remember. Remember when I used to come over to your house and just drink beer with your dad and try to glean something? Oh, you would always bring like these craft beers around, and you oh, guys would dad. get pretty toasted and play guitar. <laughs> me and his that was dad, awesome. 
And his dad would just play guitar and just drink beer. And, and he'd be, boy, you remember anything I want to show you? Probably not. Okay, I'll see you next week then. Yeah. <laughs> was it like a lesson? Type of no, thing? it was just was like... It like a cruise session. So um, I gave him... A, a mix of both. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I learned so much from your dad. And I don't think he ever wrote anything out for me at all. Like, he, he tried to get him to see, write If something. you learn that way, you don't need to have a sheet to... You know, I mean, you're, you are. Well, I think too, like when there's so much free stuff out there, like when you give away things for free, sometimes people don't realize how valuable it is. If you pay for something, you attach a number to the value. But like, I think being raised like that, because it was the same thing. Like with me growing up, I learned different trades from people in my family or friends. Like I would go and do jobs and be the helper and work with people. But it was like, okay, pay attention. Like we're spending the time to show you something. This is how you do this properly. This is how you frame a wall. This is how you pour concrete. This is how you do drought, whatever. But you value it. So like sitting there and you would pick up stuff and you'd probably remember it because you, you value it more than someone who's just like throwing right. things out there. You're like, okay, I, you know, I'm going to glean whatever I glean from this, but then internalize it, not just be like, ah, it's always there whenever I need it. That yeah. session was like, if you pick one or two things up or you watch someone play and it's like, I guess so. It's, it's not recorded. It's your, what, what you love. It's like, I don't remember anything from geometry yeah. or any of the stuff where you had to write it all out and stuff. So retention doesn't necessarily equate with being able to do it at, at the time. Yeah. If you care about it, then you, you know, and those yeah. things... You're probably laying in bed at night just rolling over some of Uncle Sean's licks in your head. Yeah. You know, just it's like it 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 sits with you, you know. And hopefully as people watch these type of episodes and stuff and you know, we got people like you and Corey and Clay and all the different people that come through, it is kind of like uh, you know, even though we don't spell it all out, we're not, you know, going on to guitar pro software and yeah. getting you know the tabs for you guys it's still you know hopefully sinks in and and you you take things away from what you know even if you only half understood what aaron was explaining earlier that half might you know or you might get it later but yeah. the way you explained it could be better than whatever they if they go and try and look it up someone else could be trying to break that thing down and spend 20 minutes yeah. over complicating it well see the thing is and, and i think that's where I mean, I love the, the idea of free information. Free information is great. It's online. And the only problem with it is, though, that there's no order to it. Yeah. You know, and, and so, like, I think a lot of guys go on there and they'll learn how to play something. They'll get it down. They can finger it. They can play it. And then they go to jam session. It's like, oh, I don't know that song. It's like, but, dude, you can play the hell out of that thing, but, uh, but I don't know that song. It's like, you know, like the piano players. Most piano players, if you don't give them sheet music, they have no idea how to jam. And so I think it's um, I think it's an essential thing. That, that, that's when that's usually taught more traditionally. Like people don't just start with piano jamming. Like if yeah, you know, people are starting their kids on a piano. They want them to learn properly and mm -hmm. stuff. So like you learn these classical pieces and you get your hand slapped with a ruler if you play. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's like put them in a jam session. How do you do then? You know, it's yeah. like it's a different mm -hmm. thing, right? I think that was a the the other thing too that kind of really hit me from Todd because that's a real that's an Adamskiism right there is and I, that's my word I like the Todd stuff because um, Todd told me once he goes you can read music Aaron I, go, I can read music 
And he was like, he was like, oh yeah, how has that helped you? And I said, well, I mean, like, when I, when I don't know how to do something, I can go get the, the, the sheet music for it and just play it. And he goes, oh, okay, okay. He goes, when, you, when somebody's showing you something, do you notate it down and write it in music? And I was like, not really. And then he asked me, he goes, when did you learn to read music? And I told him, I said, well, when I started getting interested in it and I found out that I couldn't figure out jazz licks by myself. So, I would, you know, I learned how to read music so I could read jazz charts. And he told me, he goes, okay, that's the right way to learn it. And I was like, well, what do you mean by that? And he says, when you're a kid and you start talking, your parents don't stick a book in your face. And they don't tell you, like, okay, this is A, this is B. They don't do that right away. They let you learn the language first, you know? And then they, from there, they kind of... Yeah, it's not like, you're not trying to tell a three-year-old, like, oh, your grammar is off. This goes <laughs> right. this is yeah. a proper noun. Is it? Remember that Victor yeah, Wooten kid would never talk yeah. again. <laughs> What, what were you talking about? The Victor Wooten book. The, oh, the music yes. lesson. That he, he touched on that too, didn't he? Ah, uh, yeah. I haven't read that in years, but that book was golden. Dude. What's it called? Music Lesson by Victor, Victor Wooten. Yeah, and it's kind of told in a story type of way. You where told me about that a long time ago. Oh, man. Great I, book. I bought Great. a bunch of them and carried them in the store at the time. But, um, dude, Victor Wooten, that guy, it's not even just his playing. It's like... His philosophy on yeah, life. Yeah, it is a philosophy. It's a deep. It's a really deep book called Music Lesson. So if if any of you guys out there want a a good easy read, it's kind of a short book. It's yeah. a very easy read, but it's got some real gems in it. And it's like in a story out. form, so it's almost like you're reading like a like a like a fiction. <laughs> so that, it might be fiction. I don't know if Victor was like if that guy was real or what. And Victor doesn't even say if it was. Yeah. Oh, it's not super technical or anything. It's just no, I mean. It's like, you like know, story. there's still things in there that as a musician and no matter what instrument you play, you come away from it kind of like, wow, that's a different, different yeah. way to look at it. Oh, the music lesson, a yeah. spiritual search for growth through music. You can find it on Amazon, download it on your Kindle. And you can, <laughs> you can I remember one of the lines was you're only a half step away from a right note. You know? Right, Exactly. But he's um, dead on on that. But what you were talking about a second ago with, you, you know, that's a really interesting concept that you don't, I think um, what you were saying, like you don't start um, little kids trying to learn how to read. Yeah. There, it's it's like that with, with music. So like when you get a new student, and a lot of the beginner books is why I don't like them, because yeah. they start you off with like Mary Had a Little Lamb or mm-hmm. some BS. You read John B. <laughs> And and you're reading note by note. Okay, so here's a C note, here's an A note, and it's just not. I mean, you you want to start talking, you know, like the way that a toddler's starting to learn the words, you know. You know the best ukulele book I've seen, and I mean it's more advanced, of course, but the best ukulele book I've ever seen was Abe's book. Like, dude, I was about to ask you because he just yeah, you brought that up like two days ago. Yeah. I mean the jazz book. Yeah, because yeah. it's so it, it's so bare bones, and the way he lays it out, it's so um, it's not hard to understand. He doesn't try to put all this mumbo jumbo in there. Like all these books are like all filler, and then there's like one thing that you're gonna get out of it. You feel like the most part, it's people like like, well, I'm an expert, so I'm gonna just flood it with all this vocabulary <laughs> and all this just 
unnecessary things and the people who really just want to like get to the meat of it just kind of strip all that away and like what's the best way someone could absorb it yeah. and that's like the best teachers right yeah and Abe like does that he he just in that book it's so just well laid out and I mean aside from being like a fantastic player he's a great teacher you know and so I think a lot of the people probably publishing are you know they're coming at it from another instrument Mm. And, um, you know, they know, like, you know, they, they've been into teaching, like, guitar or whatever. So it's good with Abe. He's, like, uh, he's been, you know, serious ukulele man for the oh, last yeah. 15 years or so. But on the drums, though. Or... He's insane. That's, like, one of yeah. ten instruments that he, that he plays. Eight. Vibraphone. <laughs> Vibes, man. Oh, he's a killer vibe player, too, man. That guy's just too talented. <laughs> yeah, I agree. He's one of those. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, I, I, and I can say this because I'm half Filipino, so don't, don't like tell Sam racist Uh-oh. or nothing. But us Filipinos, well, we're so like they make you learn piano. <laughs> you take piano lessons, plink, 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 plink. It's all this crap. You don't want to be there, but like, you know, you have to. So from a very young age, you got music in the house. You're always listening to it, and I come from a Pretty big family of musicians, too. So I'm sure that's the same way it was with Abe. He probably, you know, around all those Filipinos, guaranteed it was music. So it's one of those things. What was your family like? Um, Well, my uncle was a professional musician. Um, My grandma was a hula dancer. My mom played piano. Um, There was always music in the house. Like, she's, I don't, I don't think... I could remember any time you could come over to my grandma's house where there wasn't music playing. Like, there was always... I think that's how come I got so into, like, you know, Hawaiian music. That stuff, like, got stuck in my head, and I hated that stuff when I was a kid. I was like, man. And that's how come I started playing, like, you know, rock guitar and all that crap. Because, like, I I couldn't stand the sound of Hawaiian music. And um, when I moved to the mainland, it's like... I moved to the mainland. It's like all I wanted to hear was Hawaiian music. That's the same thing with Craig, right? That's how he found his way back to the ukulele. That's just being in, being away. You don't appreciate it until it's gone because it's already in you. I mean, I didn't, I wasn't born here, but I was a little kid. But I still, one of the first CDs I ever had, somehow I went up with a a Crater Boy CD. Mm. That was the first CD I ever had. And I would sit on the bus and I listened to that over and over. I even had a, Oh, Peaky Pickers album. It was that and Crater Boys. Those are the two CDs I had. And I would drill them over beginnings? and over. Then a Sunday Manoa. Like, so those songs are still like drilled in me too. Yeah. And then I grew up and I was like, oh, I want to listen to rock and all this stuff. And then later you like, it's away for a while. And you're like, oh man, I, I actually really appreciate it. I just never really take it for granted a little bit. I think when it really hit me, because um, like, I had to learn slack key guitar. Uncle Mike made me learn slack before I learned regular guitar. So um, I think when it really hit home for me was when I was gone and like I only I only had an acoustic guitar, so I would be like, you know, playing on it. And so, so I would play more Hawaiian music because it was like a homesick thing, you know. So you drink shitty beer, and, and, and it's the same like how it is back home over here. We drink shitty beer all the time and stuff. So it was like I'd like sit around and play music, and you know eat 
Simon, which in the mainland, they, they, it's ramen. It's just crap. Top ramen. Top ramen. Top ramen. Top ramen. Maru-chan. Maru-chan. But you know what? Where I lived in, in Seattle. At Was that, that a delicacy? Dude, it, well, you know what, though? They, they, they were selling it for like 30 cents a pack. Yeah. So I would stock up. That was like my, I, I lived off of that. And Keystone Light, because that was the cheapest beer they had. And You know what? Keystone Light's not that bad. Ooh. It's the ramen packets are not that great, but uh, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, when what? I had my first place in Kailua, I lived on ramen. I mean, the oh, yeah. elementary school, I'd pull it out, dry, just pour, the pour the powder on, it, and just eat it. Yeah, that's it. Raw. raw my parents salmon. loved it. It was the cheapest Here's lunch a you could make. Ramen powder hack. Yeah. Put it on popcorn. Really? Get that powder. Put it on popcorn. Shake it up. Oh, where'd you learn that? that? Dude, I'm gonna try that. Now. It was who told me that. It was a long time ago. Do you pop it with the pop? No, you just put it on after, like after, after like right. Oh, like after. a seasoning. Like yeah. On top, just oh, okay. I see. Do a kettle corn. It's sweet and the mm. savory. Not bad. Oh, I kill you. you no, know, popcorn is one of those things that like it High always smells better than it tastes. Oh yeah. There's, there's a fine line between you're gonna break your tooth on a kernel or half of it is burnt. <laughs> I so just I, don't like the butter film. Yeah, this like greasy. Oh no, stuff in your mouth. The residue, the residue that's left in your mouth is. Oh, I wanted to mention earlier, kind of a off topic, but we were talking about John. We uh, Andrew made a grilled cheese sandwich. So he okay, John placed an order for a set of UVT tuners, and it says, uh, you know, we have the options. Put it on a uke, and he's like, he says, no need, brah. And on the bottom it says, just ship it in a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> They're and telling you that. <laughs> Right and you yeah. Oh, it's on Instagram. We put the photo up. Is John never going to come back to Hawaii to uh, visit? Man. I mean, he, come he on. came back once. We and um, he came back and we hung out. We went somewhere. And John is a large part of how the first thing when I, I discovered why I I can't eat avocados because John. Oh, I shouldn't say this. Like if Jeannie's watching, but John always like cheats and eats regular food when, when he hangs out with me. And so I had a burrito that had guacamole in it. And then I started, I started getting this. I'm like spitting out his window. He's like, man, what the hell are you doing? Like, I don't know, man. There's something wrong with my throat. He's like, you're killing the vibe. We're going out to go watch some good music. <laughs> I, I, can hear his, I can hear his voice just crystal clear. Dude, he's... he's, he's you're killing the vibe. He's so John. <laughs> Dude, he could boil stuff down. I took... Because I... I probably great teacher. took lessons from him. Great it was, teacher. I still have the, because he wrote everything out, I still look at that. It's like, he could he, distill he stuff down really well, too. Kind of looking at things, too. What the hell ever yeah. happened to his book? That I have book a, was... I, the last time he came to yes. visit. Was it the book about chords? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I that was the best the... card book ever. He broke it down. It's like, like 10 pages. I'm yeah. still waiting for that book. Everything. Because no, I, I remember a, watching I got a copy video. of it. So oh, yeah. we're, we're talking about John Gonzalez. Del Solar, just in case, as yeah. kind of insider talk here, you yeah. know. But um, he's got fan guitar and ukulele over in Richmond, Virginia. 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 So shout the out fan to John. District yeah, of John. Richmond, Richmond fan district. And I, the last I saw from his right posts and stuff, <laughs> he started making some interesting looking solid bodies. He's got that 3D printer and a CNC and stuff. I, well, and he likes what? to break stuff still. He seems like he's keeping it young all the years he just needs a jumpsuit John is like that like to me he's, his genius is like Zappa level you know 
Like it's so weird. Like you don't get it, but like once you get it, you're like, holy oh. crap! Like mind blown. Well, yeah. I mean, and he kind of had a Mitch Hedberg style too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like just a, that kind of like deadpan humor. Yeah. Like, but very witty. Different a way of looking at sleeping, things. A sleeping bag for ground beef. <laughs> Dude, he had he. You know what the the best thing about John was though was his ability to take like the most complex thought and just like break it down to like the most simple form of it and it would be like a one sentence thing i can't even like give you an example but like he would like take the the world philosophy and just boom one sentence you know like it's like wow wow mind blowing <laughs> dude is this crazy he's a genius let's like, go over and, some of your um gear for people like as far as what you're using at this point at this point well for ukulele my, my favorite ukulele is still my koola ukulele um that was actually you got me that and, it's the uh, redwood top redwood top it has cuban mahogany sides and back uh, what do you mean i back. got you that did i give it to you yeah oh yeah you did like my first wow. ukuleles were you and your dad like both gave me like my right after that lesson i gave i think it was like a week later john walks in and he hands me this uke and and I'm like playing it. John, Andrew's dad, John Kitakis. See, he might have given it to you. Oh, I don't uh-huh. know. I think it was you. You because oh. you were trying to get, you were trying to get me oh, in a koala okay, for right. like over a year. Yeah. And then, I mean, a, you were playing a pono. It seemed yeah. natural. So it was like your dad just handed me one. It was that um, the mahogany with the cedar top. Right. Yeah. And I was Hawaiian like, mahogany back and sides. Yeah. Uh, redwood top. No. 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 The um, the the pono that he gave me oh, oh 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 so he gives me this pono and he's like what do you think of this and it was like they, they had just done the the new run and he t- he hands it to me he goes you're the uke guy here what do you think of this i go oh man this is pretty fantastic he goes good it's yours and he walked up. i was like oh yeah so big ups to your dad man like you're like john's probably like you know one of the the guys that inspired me in ukulele just because of like the way he he would run and stuff you know like they he wasn't afraid to tell them like like it is and remember how many things that we thought he was crazy about we were like dude that is not a second he's like oh it's hideous look at it <laughs> <laughs> it's like stuff that he thinks is a second is like what there's nothing wrong with this thing he's like oh there's that thing in the wood there i don't like so. i mean i did the finishing and final setup and um all of that for Ko'olau for almost a decade. So it's like when I was in that zone of doing that job, I had to be that level of meticulous, you know, Mm -hmm. and I, you know, grew in a real appreciation. And he used to like, you know, tell me like, this is the hardest part of the whole thing. Like you can get people in production, building the bodies and stuff like that, but finishing and final setup, this is like, this is really where, you know, it takes an artist to take it to that level and stuff. So he inspired me a lot in that way. I guess in the years since, um, after I've just kind of, I don't know, I don't think it's naturally in me to be as particular, you know, but I, I still, you know, I have the eye for it. It's just on my personal instruments and stuff. For instance, it's not like I could, no, that's me too. Like I'm, I've been doing setup work. It got homie into looking at it, but for my personal stuff, like it's 
the setup is important. But yeah, sure. You know, I think, finish issues and stuff. I yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I have like my two main ukes, right? I mean, I always have Joel set them up because pff, I ain't gonna do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's like, and I, I know how to set stuff up. I used to set stuff up for people, but it's like, you know, when you're a mechanic or something, you don't, you don't want to work on your own car. You take it to the guy. You take it yeah. to the dude, you know? Yeah. And like, Joel is like... The dude. The dude. <laughs> <laughs> he like, he makes everything like just, it plays Ooh, just nice. the way I like it. Oh. Yeah. So it's... And nice. having, having something set up, and I think that's a large part of like, why a lot of people quit playing because they have an instrument that they feel it's frustrating yeah You're fighting like, it yeah it's like this high action and it's hard to press or i don't like the way the frets are out here and it's like scratching on my hand and just having the right instrument um i used to sell ukuleles all the time when i you know when i was working in the shop by telling people if you find something you like get that one what don't worry about the price tag or whatever just if you find something Classic. that you that you like, you know, just if it feels good and it plays good and you like the sound of it, you'll play it more. Yeah. The more you play, the better you get. Because it can go both ways too, yeah. right? It doesn't necessarily mean like if you like it, it doesn't matter what it costs. It could be expensive, but it, yeah, could, it could be less yeah, than they intended to play. And a lot of times it was that too. I mean, guys would come in the shop and they would want like a you know, real high-end Hawaiian ukulele and they'd walk out with a portal because – the the setup on those things are incredible, and they got a trust rod in them. You know, yeah. so it's like, Phew. but even the neck shape and stuff, like yeah, it's all those things. It's they're telling them, like pick it up. I can't tell you objectively which one you're gonna like. Yeah. You got to try it. But the one that you're gonna play is the best one to get. Dude, I was down at the shop the other day, and those new collars. Holy crap, man! I mean, they play so well. They they feel really good. Did you try our um our new exclusive model that the one that we had to make with the spruce top and the mahogany sides and back? Did you show me that? Was that one of the ones yesterday? Uh, I think it was just a maple one you played. Oh, oh yeah, the new away. maple series are nice. Dude, that maple is dope. But right? that that new spruce, all solid. We have oh, this yeah. all solid spruce uh, mahogany back and sides, and um, you know they sell with a case for like two ninety nine. Dude, the tone is showing people in the store. I'll show them like the STG and then show them that one for like to get both sides of it. And but they're it's like yeah, man, it's yeah. And it it feels nice. Everyone notices the just the, the edge armrest, and the neck yeah. and everything. It's yeah, but too many people like if you it's the same thing with anything. But like you get a bad teacher, yeah. they can turn you off to yeah. music. A bad and bad tools can turn yeah. you off to it too. So if you got the wrong person giving you that first input and you got the wrong thing, then the whole thing and just feel yeah. like forget it. I'm not. This isn't for me. I'm not built for it. Yeah. Too many people email or they. People will come in with whoever's shopping in the store, mm. and I was like, "Do you play it too?" And they're like, "No, no, I'm I don't I, I'm not I'm not built for it. I'm not meant to play." And it's like, "Well, maybe you just had a bad experience, or you're too hard on yourself." But have you ever uh, encountered somebody, Aaron, that you felt like just couldn't do it? I mean, that they wanted to learn, and it's just like something just didn't click. Well, I mean, with anything, there are. Like I've I've encountered people that probably couldn't work with me because they you know they mm. were like they needed something that was written down or something like that. But um, and I tell everybody it's not for everybody. The way I teach is not for everybody because I you know I learn differently. So I teach differently. But um, 
I do feel largely it's in, there's no such thing in my personal opinion as like you know an inability to learn music. I think there may be an inability of the teacher to teach it, but um, I think that's a lot of what I got from Todd was that like you have to speak their language, you know, you have to kind of get down on their level, and um, with the tab thing, I don't know if I should be doing it. If I should, probably should, <laughs> probably should, but I just it takes up. Uh, more time for me than it would somebody that learned from tap because they can just write it out like super fast. Mm -hmm. And then for me, it would like I would, I would have so to go much, into. It's so hard to like. I don't know. I guess you can get the notes and where yeah. you're playing them. It comes more in the timing. That to me, it's just like oh, that's kind of a. You look up tabs on the internet. Yeah, the spacing between all of it. If someone, if someone can really throw you off, if the way that they wrote the tabs is not laid out. Yeah. cleanly too even when it's like professional sheet music there's so much in terms of like the feel that kind mm -hmm. of in terms of, of timing and those sort of things well see that's the other thing too and that and that's the big problem for me is because tab wise I mean I, I don't write the tab I write it in notation so when I go on like guitar pro and stuff it throws it into the tab however it wants and then I gotta go back and correct it that's why it takes me so long because I can't think in terms of time because I'm always thinking about the the duration you know and so um, that's one of the things I'm doing at, Ka at Ka'al Elementary over here and I'm trying to get the kids oh, to yeah, learn how to Oh yeah, you teach the kids at the yeah. local elementary school over here. So How often do you do that? Five days a week. Really? But it's only like a couple hours a day so oh, I'm, not, awesome. I'm not like working my butt off. So what, is there any that you can see the real potential in? Oh yeah, I mean, well these kids are they're, they're incredible kids. It's a Title I school so um like a lot of the a lot of the kids come from like underprivileged background and stuff. And the Ukulele Guild has been helping us out a lot. They gave us a whole bunch of ukes, and um, all the ukes that we had over these old like 1950s kabakas, they went and for free they refurbished the whole thing. Oh, that's beautiful. So all the, of it, the uh, guild over here, what is it? UGH. Yeah, UG. and you guys actually supplied the cases for us. You guys when. Um, when I came over here, I got a bunch of cases from you guys for the mm. use that we, we got donated. So, you know, thanks for that. The kids really appreciate it. But as far as, like, the learning of, like, the reading and stuff, I had to look at it from a different perspective. Like, if my if my uncle were to teach me that, how would he say it? You know, and um, my uncle was a very profane man, and he would say, like, <laughs> a lot of bad words. <laughs> like, I can't say that here, but, and I definitely can't say that at school. So what I teach the kids is like for a quarter note to say T, you know, T, 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 T. For an eighth note would be like boba, 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 boba. And for um, a sixteenth note, it's Coca-Cola, 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 Coca-Cola. So they can hear that. It's like clapping a beat, like you know, people. I want to hear your uncle's breathe. versions of those. Oh man, <laughs> think think of the the bad words okay. and just put them into like the syllables, <laughs> and there you go. So you got. Oh, <clears throat> mf -er was the yeah, 16th yeah. notes. The 16th notes. Oh. And it, it was a, Sorry. Uh, yeah. And the, the the first one would probably be like you know taking a dump. So. <laughs> uh, but so. yeah, I mean, it's like those kind of things that it's like they they have the school aspect that you know there's like math and stuff like that that they're already like oh, okay oh god for it to just be another one of these things okay we're gonna learn how to read music you know oh yeah like, they would hate that yeah but that's why we make it fun so we do like you know um 
Take that, take like tea, tea, boba tea, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola, boba tea. You teach that to a kid, all of a sudden they don't care about like, oh, how, how do I make my hat? Because they're trying to do the beat. Focusing on something Yeah, else, they're yeah. focusing on the beat. They're not worried about the, the um, oh, my finger hurts because I'm not doing this right. They're, they make that part happen. They're going to make the Coca-Cola. Yeah, they make that part happen because they want to play that beat. And I think that's the that, thing. That is, reminded me of this one song that it was uh, in place of uh, boba tea and Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. It was Kentucky Fried Chicken and a Pizza Hut. Yeah, that was from totally something different. But I started thinking of a Frank Delima thing. <laughs> Going on up with the hunt. <laughs> stuff like that sticks, though. You know, yeah, like, yeah. they'll remember that. Head. You know, ten years from now, they'll still like have that lesson in their mind when they're I teaching. I still someone. tell kids, <clears throat> goats can eat anything because I remember seeing a goat eat a uh, soda can. Oh yeah, so GCEA goats can eat anything. I think uh, good children eat apples. That's another good, bad know. show. Needed apples too, though. Yeah, <laughs> Let's keep it true. This is this is true. This is true. But you know what? This one though, at the fifth fret, CFAD, cows fart all day. Kids will remember that like that. Never gonna forget that. Cows fart all day. True. Now you're gonna have to make one for every single string all the Ooh. way up the fretboard. Yeah, and then right here at the, at the seventh fret, dogs Let's, grow big ears. Let's do it. Come up with one for every fret, <laughs> and then we'll, we'll, we'll make a little picture, and it'll just be like a kid's book. Oh, <laughs> a flip book for that kids. All right, we'll work fun. on it. Yeah, let's do it. Wait, no, you can't publish that. We'll cut that out of the podcast. You're selling. You're giving away the idea. <laughs> Inside trader. Inside trading information. Someone else can do it, but ours will be better. Right. Yeah, right. go ahead and try that's, it. You try to come up with like... cows fart all day. Trademark. <laughs> well, that's the thing I, I, I liked about your brother. Like Noah, Noah's philosophy to building. He doesn't care who comes in and sees him build. Like he's like, he's like, try it. Yeah, let me see you do it. <laughs> yeah, he'll show yeah. you exactly what he does, and it's like, and no, even with kids, the setup stuff, work. Yeah. When I worked for Mike, he didn't want anybody to know the setup stuff. Like it was under wraps. Like half the time, people didn't even know we were, we worked there. Mm-hmm. But when I came to work for Andrew, one of the first the first video we ever made was a setup video, and it was mm-hmm. setup work revealed. And I was like, wow, this is different. Because my, you know, I'm like, come on. This is a lot of work. It is. That's so, why I knew that. Like, I was like, Mike, no one's going to go buy hundreds of dollars worth of tools, spend all the time to do this, get work on their own instruments to figure oh, it out and make But Mike mistakes. was right. You know, they yeah. did. But, you know, I still, uh, you know, don't believe <laughs> on some level that some people go to the extent well, that we thing. do. Because it's just impossible. It, We're, but, yeah, I mean, we do real setups. Well, there's yeah. levels to it. Well, you guys, so, and that's the other thing that I tell people all the time. When they ask me where they get a, like, I just, so I was working a night job for, like, you know, when summertime came and stuff because I was in school. And it's like, I don't do anything at night anyway. I don't really sleep. So I was like, yeah, I might as well go work security, walk around and, you know, do my thing. And so um, I went and I was working for the security company over there, but I get um, you know me, local guy, Polagi, talk story with everybody, and so I got to know um, I got to know the people in the office real well, and um, one of the like the head of the like I, I think he's like the general manager or something for for this place. Uh, his wife, he wanted to get his wife a uke, so I sent him to you guys. He went down there, saw Eli, and now he's he's having his wife take lessons from me. 
And so I'm going to be teaching her her first lesson on Saturday. So right that'd on. be pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, it's just like because of what you guys do over there, because of what you do, you know, and the setup, it's so easy for me to tell people like, hey, man, go over there and they will get you an instrument that you just, it'll, it'll play like butter. And it's, you can't say that about swap meet instruments or, you know, like oh, some yeah. of these stores in town that just don't do setups and stuff. Thanks for that, man. And so, you yeah, know what? On the other side of that, too, make sure that our stores stay stocked with some cards that we can hand out yeah. for people to, like the way that, you know, Corey. Oh, I still forward a ton of people. To, like, yeah. always, Corey's yeah. always in here. Right. No, the fact I mean that kid Zave, Corey, Corey yeah, called yeah, yeah. me. He's like, "Hey, man, you gotta, you gotta teach this kid. Can you get in touch with this guy's dad?" And no, because I knew you could take him to the next level. Me, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't. Yeah. I'd be able to go oh, put your finger there. Oh, yeah, but you're like, card. you're like arguably the best ukulele player on the face of the planet, and that's like, and in it's this not even a area right here. Not even a joke. Being a know? great player and being a great teacher are two different things, you know. And um, I have a lot of respect for both sides of that. And and you, you, you know. With the teaching, Aaron, it's it's a wonderful thing that you're still staying dedicated to this, helping the kids in the community over there at Kaala, and also opening yourself up to like Skype lessons for more direct help. There's a lot of things you do with like that percussive style. Um, like, g- give us an example of like some some of the different rhythmic type styles that that well, you do. I I think so. There's a there's the strumming thing, right? If you look at it, you have that. Like, everybody knows you can strum down, you can strum up. But, like, we look at, like, Kimohasi, right? So, a lot of people think he does this, right? They think he goes down, down, up. But that's not what he's doing. He's going up, down, up, up, down. Or up, down, down. So And that little... And you know why he does that first? Is because you can Hitting control... Your melody notes. Yeah, you can control what melody you're at. The, the melody note. And so, that's something that... That's a percussive thing to do that i just went back because yeah. after last last week i started was motivated to practice again but i went back and i was like well where am i going to start i just typed in right hand technique mm-hmm. on youtube first thing came up was a kimo hussy workshop but it was filmed in the store yeah, so yeah. I, was, I started watching was, i was like i remember right, that it was workshop. that strong that's yeah. that's where i met kimo that's and he's like my mentor today and like we, we just had lunch yeah, so you guys still work together with the um guild Oh yeah, and Kimo, Kimo and I, um, like we, I, I want to say we alternate buying each other breakfast and stuff. It would like we will go out to eat breakfast because, like, could that's, use some breakfast right now. Yeah, but, you know we we go to like the good places like we go cafe. <laughs> oh, and like, yeah. So like, so we go and eat all. The, I want to say like we buy each other breakfast, but Kimo ends up buying me breakfast because <laughs> he gets the check first. He like grabs it. He's like, oh, that's mine. But. You know, he is, and you want to talk about a teacher, man. Holy crap, man. Kimo Hussey is like the guy. All right, so, um, you know, just to wrap this one up, you can find Aaron on Facebook, Aaron Crowell, C-R-O-W-E-L-L, and on hawaiimusicschool.com. And if you're on the island. My YouTube page is Hawaii Music School also. Yep. So, and I, tr- I I promise I'm gonna try to put. Yeah, I know. I, I would I would I would have plugged that, but I haven't seen you putting any stuff up uh, there recently. But you know, the other day I did a live thing. I, I went on live for like four minutes because I didn't even know how to do it. Me and uh, me and my friend John, like he he's my producer. He's like, hey, let's try a live thing, and he pressed the button by accident. 
and so we're live and like people like I'm over here and I'm like saying like stuff like bastard and all this kind of stuff and then who's who's watching the Ka'ala kids oh no oh. <laughs> nah you know what they hear it at home anyway come on get real <laughs> and let's it, be honest it's, it's, title watching, one school. it's on yeah. TV it's in the video game yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. on the city bus it's it's bad though when you got like a little kid going, No, Mr. Aaron, you don't look like a fat bastard. You you look really nice. You look really nice. <laughs> that's, your, that's your standard. Why after are you so setting up how do I look? Yeah. look like a fat bastard. Do I look like a fat bastard? I always say that every time I come here to film it to address it. Shoot yeah, you look good, up. man. <laughs> you know? Like look at those big Hulk shoulders. Hey, so Aaron, tell us about I mean, try Damn, to think Lord. try to think about the time when you were like most angry about Something. Tell us that story. The <laughs> most angry. To when I, no, no. <laughs> Have you ever well, had to yeah. rip somebody out of their car and just? Oh, 